Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com/slash/sheck. All right, much to discuss here. Even though we are into the dog days of summer, we have much pro football to discuss, maybe some other sports too. I will tell you we were hoping to kibitz with new Arizona Cardinals cornerback Antonio Cromartie, but I think we might lose out on him because uh, he's going to go do some fancy talking on TV, total access. So we may or may not yap with him. Either way, he is now a member of the NFC West, and that brings us to – what we need to do today, fellas, and that is conclude our all-division teams. We have gone through seven of the eight divisions, and we left the best for last, although I do make the case that the NFC North in 2014 will prove to be superior even to the mighty West. We'll, uh, we'll go position by position. We'll choose the best players there, and then we'll figure out after the fact how we're going to assess who would win a tournament among these teams, sort of like a Pro Bowl, but within the divisions there. We'll do all that. Maybe an EA Sports simulation. Maybe you could plug those numbers in to one of your uh, computer consoles there, Black Tie. You're talking about Madden? Madden, yeah. yeah. What did Maybe I say? we can. EA yeah. Sport. Oh, yeah. I got I some Madden. connections out there. Reach out to them, see where we can work out. You're a powerful man. There's no question about that. I know Black Tie, though, also wants a kibitz. We're not going to start with this. We'll start with pro football. But Black Tie was raw. I tweeted out a few days back that I thought that for LeBron James, the better place to go, talent wise, if he wants to win titles in the short term, he's better off to return home to Cleveland. Instead of staying in Miami, Black Tie calls that crazy. We'll talk about all of it. Anyway, I should let you know where the sound, if you're noticing some differences in audio quality and probably diminished audio quality, that's because Studio 66, our proper home, is now being renovated. So instead, we're in, uh, in stage four. Soon to come, though, what I think we're going to call Studio 66 Maximum Strength, something like that. Let's talk about the All-NFC 
West team. Let's talk about the Top 100 show from Wednesday night. Let's talk about uh, a new column up there, the best players of the 80s that just came out from the man seated directly across from me here in Stage 4. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop, fella? Hey, man, I, I I missed out on this all-division team. I think that's pretty difficult for the NFC West, just just thinking about it while you were saying it. Uh, we'll go over it. it. The I'm, best I'm, one, like I say, every division, what's interesting is, as we've gone through this, almost every division, save maybe the North, the NFC North, has a significant flaw at one position. It's weird. The whole division has no answers at whether it's linebacker or running back or whatever. That's one of the interesting elements about that. Anyway, so we'll uh, we'll dig into that. Also, let's say hello to uh, to our main man all the way from across the Atlantic Ocean. He's our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed, thank you, Dave. Do you uh, either of you guys have a tauntaun spare that we could cut open and huddle inside? Oh, it is chilly. A it's reference. a little chilly in here. Well, the closest thing we have is my belly. <laughs> well, yeah, we could cut you. My open. beer belly. Ellie well, and I could huddle inside you. <laughs> Both of you would fit. Oh yeah. Uh, what was better, Rocky Two or Empire? Empire. Empire, yeah. Empire? Yeah, no yeah. question about that. Is that the best sequel of well, all Rocky time? Might, Rocky Two might have been 79 now that I think about it. That may not have been an 80s movie because Empire is like right at 1980, right? Am I crazy? Um, I, think I, I think Star Wars I think Star Wars is 77, mm-hmm. then 80, then 83, if I'm not mistaken, right. Right. for the I, original Star Wars trilogy. I think Rocky was 76 and Rocky II, 79, I think. Well, yeah, I don't recall. I'm trying to think. I'm getting it confused, that one, with Rocky III, of course, when Creed decides to train. You know, it takes it takes uh, Balboa under his wing. Maybe, Former maybe. arch rivals now joining forces. Not unlike the U.S. football team going out into or going down to Brazil. You've been watching that, EH? I, I haven't, but you know, you you mentioned Cromartie and and him coming on. Did, did that move do a lot for you guys? Do you think at this point, you know, it, it's not a huge deal, or, or does that you look at the Cardinals and you think, man, this is a pretty doggone look good who's team. Who's all business? I'm He's trying to business. I'm trying to yeah. kibitz with you He's about the through. beautiful game, and you just shifted straight into pro football. Uh, because I, I look at the Cardinals and I like what I see. I mean, yes, I understand that Carson Palmer is a big question mark, but literally, you go down the depth chart, they've got a lot of strength at a lot of positions. I, well, I have said, I'm on record as saying that that, that is now, this is, the, I think, predates the, the draft, but even still, I might still go Patrick Peterson and Cromartie, and then once you throw in Honey Badger into the mix as mm-hmm. somebody else who can yep. help out in coverage, I think that it's hard to argue that that's – well, not hard to argue. I think there are a couple teams out there that you would uh, put up there. But I think before – you know, post-draft, if Justin Gilbert from day one delivers with the athleticism that he is expected to deliver with, I mean, how, how can you beat Hayden and, and Gilbert? Two guys who are really going to benefit from a nasty pass rush in Cleveland this year. Those guys are going to have a lot of picks. They're going to look awfully good things sure, to the front seven. Crow is a, a proven commodity, and I think we did an instant debate on NFL.com about the best cornerback tandems, and we're a little past it now. We but certainly did. I, did the, I said the Cardinals. I yeah. am totally with you on oh, that. Oh, yeah. You both yeah. said that. And with right. that, like if we, but we all agree, I think, that the 49ers and Seahawks are the best two teams in that division. I'd be interested to hear, like, I think there's a good argument to be made for either the Rams or the Cardinals as the third best team in that division. Sure, well, we'll we'll dig into that, but uh, the news, and we're recording this uh, late on Thursday afternoon, the big football news today, that's obviously a little bit uh, summertime kind of fair, but Terry Bradshaw, he of the four Super Bowl crowns in six seasons, went on record, I guess, saying that Peyton Manning is great, no one can argue 
argue he's the best quarterback right now, but then said that's in in terms of regular season wins. If you want to win a Super Bowl, Peyton Manning is a guy who will throw it away almost every time. I agree with that, obviously. I'm on the record that that I believe that. But I also think – so Pete Prisco, you know, the guy, the well-known uh, sports writer, tweeted, please, Terry Bradshaw, um, Peyton would have won six Super Bowls with the talent that you played with. I completely disagree. Now that, I mean, that's hyperbole, but, you know, listen, if he wants to argue that point, that six Super Bowls for Peyton Manning on that Steelers team, I think is is silliness. Peyton Manning, first of all, as I've said many times, plays, it's not like he, uh, he plays with a JV team and has elevated them. He's played with a number of guys that will finish their careers in the Hall of Fame, too. And the other thing is specific to Peyton Manning. How do you think he would do on that slick artificial turf of Three River Stadium playing the Oakland Raiders when it's when it's again frozen or rainy in January against those great Houston Oilers teams? You think Houston you think Peyton Manning's flutter ball would cut through that that Pittsburgh win in January? Probably not. No. no. I, mean, I think he, I don't think he'd have won 6, but I think he probably would have matched the 4. I mean, even that's debatable in my book. I mean, of course, the level of competition was much stiffer come January, and Peyton already struggles once he gets to January. Those teams that they were going through, the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 70s, as I've said many times, they were beating the second greatest team of all time, or one of the top three or four, the Dallas Cowboys of the 70s, and those Raiders of the 70s, and the Vikings, and the Dolphins. Peyton Manning's chief rival is, listen, the Patriots are awfully good too, but it's not as though, you know, that that division, they own their, Peyton Manning has generally owned the division always, and yeah, it's because he's great, but it's also because he has benefited from generally crummy divisions. That's just the way the cookies crumbled for him. Not so with uh, with those uh, Pittsburgh Steelers teams. Well, I think it's interesting when you compare guys from different eras like that. The, the first advantage that I think a quarterback from the 70s has is the ability to call his own plays because most of them did that in the 70s, and that started to change in the 80s. I think Peyton Manning could clearly handle that part of the right. game. What I think you'd have trouble with is Peyton Manning's used to throwing a five-yard out or a seven-yard slant and his guy being unmolested, okay, in the 70s, Great you, could, point. you could drape all over him. Right. He's not going to have Harrison Marvin Harrison on that check down all the time mm-hmm. that he thought. It. And Marvin Harrison might be thrown to the ground literally before he even gets a chance to get into his 10-yard route. He's not used to that style of play. You know, people always talk about how hard it is to play quarterback now because of the complex zones. And I talked to Kurt Warner about this, and I said, Kurt. Name drop. Well, those guys in the 70s and 80s, those corners, they played man-to-man their entire life okay you get a corner now to play man-to-man he how often do you think a corner plays man-to-man now 20 percent of the time maybe 10 percent of the time mike haynes played man-to-man probably 98 percent of his career he knows how to stick with the receiver i don't think a guy like peyton manning is used to that i don't think it's that easy that you just slip him in for terry bradshaw yeah, there's no way he'd be putting up the number i mean put it put the super bowls aside there's no way that peyton manning would be putting up the numbers that he's put up through his career to for pull sure. back the curtain a little bit i just went to the producers of total access uh, uh about uh, 20 minutes ago Name dropper. and said yeah, that's less impressive is, yeah. than <laughs> but, dropping but Kurt Warner, but still, anyway. yes, just the same. I agree. Um, I said, listen, why don't we do an ongoing thing of let's do intergenerational trades? And this is a perfect opportunity for that. We'll have to hash this thing out, EH. Maybe we'll do it next week on you the bet. fancy TV. If not, we'll do it. Uh, we'll write it out, and we'll see where it goes. But either way, what if Peyton Manning got traded to the 70 Steelers in exchange for Terry Bradshaw has to go and play for these Denver Broncos? How would Bradshaw do with this team? 
Well, for starters, I think Bradshaw's arm in Denver would be just awesome because Terry Bradshaw, that's the one. Top 10 arm, right? Yeah, top and five, never, top 10 all-time arm. Right? Don't you feel like he never really gets credit for that? You don't. I said that, that maybe two handsome Hanks six, eight weeks ago. Yeah, that that's yeah. the thing people sleep on with that guy. I, he I can pull the trigger and pull it fast. You bet. And I don't think – I would not qualify Terry Bradshaw, Hank, as underrated. Right. But if you could pick an I aspect of his game that's underrated, it would it, be that. It, it would be that. The, Dave, you've heard this from me a billion times, but I'll say it again. The the final throw he makes in Super Bowl ten is as good a throw as ever been that's ever been made by any quarterback in the ninety four years of the NFL. Period. Sixty four yard touchdown. How far did that ball go in the air to Lynn Swan to decide that game? Fifty five yards? Oh in pads yeah. at the game. I, I don't know about you guys, but when's the last time you saw Peyton Manning throw a rope fifty five, sixty yards in the air? right on the money to win a ball game. All right, but given the way the game goes these days, and half of those four Super Bowls came when the Steelers were a run-dominant team and obviously dominated defensively Mm -hmm. as well, how would Terry Bradshaw do with this Denver team? Wes Welker, Demarius Thomas, Monty Ball, I guess? I think he would use his weapons. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, Terry Bradshaw, you look at his numbers and you can't compare eras, but you look at Super Bowl 13 and Super Bowl 14, he played lights out. And he took advantages, uh, uh, advantage of the mismatches that he had. Lynn Swan on Mark Washington in Super Bowl Ten, John Stallworth on pretty much anybody in the late 70s. That's what you do now, right? You find mismatches and you exploit them. I, Julius Thomas. I think the one thing he'd find hard, though, and I agree with you on all that front, but I think that the, he, doesn't ha- he wouldn't have the running game probably anywhere in the NFL now that he was able to rely on in Pittsburgh in the 70s. Well, this will be a fun series. We've got to come up with candidates. Feel free to uh, drop us a line, hashtag DDFP, and let us know of other intergenerational trades you'd like us to, to contemplate and sort of debate out here. We have to get from around the league Chris Wessling in here as well. I think he would uh, lend yep. uh, some interesting insights into that conversation too. All right, so uh, black tie over there. I don't know if we're going to have Cromartie, so do you want to jump in? to the all-NFC West team now. Let's jump right into it, guys. Well, because when I said the hashtag DDFP, it reminded me of our ongoing uh, thing with uh, with birthdays. Who do you have who, ha- who has the most famous people and best list of famous people born on their same birthday? Oh, that would be me. And I, I would say this. You know who it is? Yeah. You know yours off the I'm, top uh, of your head? Yeah. Barry What's San- your birthday? Uh, July 16th is Barry Sanders and Shoeless Joe. I mean, that's pretty solid in the oh, sports I already, realm. I already beat you on that. Yeah? I got Vince Lombardi and Joe Montana. Oh, I, I agree. You beat me. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got me. <laughs> and and I have um, who else? Gene Wilder, who's the to me the most under. Talk about underrated. Oh, I most, thought we were just going sports. My no, bad. most underrated comedic performer in the history of film. And but there are some other great ones out there. Somebody dropped me a line. I don't know if they were trying to be a Weisenheimer or not, but uh, December twenty fifth. You know, depends oh, yeah. on depends on where your uh, philosophical leanings are. But yeah, that would be a hard one to beat yep. if you're of a certain frame of mind. You know, um, who else has Elliot got black tie? July sixteenth, right? Mm-hmm. You have Barry Sanders. I don't know if you mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. You have Bill About Farrell. two minutes. Please ago. pay attention. Oh. Well, I was looking it up. That's that's why. Black tie. You, you think black Will tie Farrell. is distracted in in general since this World Cup began? He has not done two minutes of work. He's not done anything. He's been shopping, though. That's a sweet little guest jacket oh, from, my goodness. from 2004 right there. Right, right now. He also has Gareth Bale, speaking of soccer. 
I have no idea what that means. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Gareth Bale. Yeah. All right. Zach Randolph. Not a very impressive list, I got to say. It's a good it's not... athlete, but yeah, that doesn't yeah. Is Elliot on the list himself? When you look at that website, and as you scroll down. I'm scrolling down Harrison all the way to, to number up? 48 and no sign of EH. <laughs> well, we were playing this game in the that newsroom hurts. the other day. And uh, I forget, I think it was May 6th, but uh, towards the bottom of that list, uh, colleague Akbar Bajabia Miller's name appeared, which made all of us laugh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, so let's get into this NFC uh, West here. And uh, before, oh, what? Oh, you know what? Two things. I wrote down notes, and I, they're staring right at me. One is I got to mention Mo, Mo Damashek, the, uh, the matriarch of. Not, I mean, maybe in soul or in spirit of uh, of the DDFP program and all shows Big I do fan because of Mo. because Mo listens and watches every second of everything I've ever done, read and everything else, just along with the old man, is in the hospital in Pittsburgh, PA, yeah. on the mend. But uh, nonetheless, we give well, a shout out to, to, to old Mo. And um, and Get secondly, well soon, Mo. yes, let's Definitely. hope uh, sooner rather than later. And then secondly, Elliot, we shot something earlier today, you and me, and for some reason. You cannot say the great left tackle, arguably the greatest left tackle in NFL history from the Cincinnati Bengals, USC product. See if you can do it right now. Anthony Munoz. Why can't you say <laughs> Munoz? I, what I, is I, that with you? I don't know what it is. It's my, my southern accent. I, I, Munoz. What do you say? It's my Anthony Munoz. M- Munoz. <laughs> Anthony Munoz. I, I tried saying it 25 times. I still can't say we it. We sat out there. It was like some bad uh, the outtakes from Cannonball Run. There were like uh, 11 attempts to say Munoz, and he couldn't get it. It was crazy. What gives? I, I guess I was a Max Montoya fan. I don't know what to <laughs> say it again. You, See if you can do it right here. Max Montoya. No, don't <laughs> right. be wise. Anthony Munoz. There Very you go. Very good. Yeah. See, you're growing as a person. All I right. Feel that way. NFC West. <laughs> Let's get into it. Right out of the gate, an interesting debate. QB will cross off Carson Palmer and Sam Bradford, of course. It comes down to Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson and Blaine Gabbard, who Jim Harbaugh is very high on. Right now, we'll scratch out player. Blaine Gabbard as well. Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, handsome. I start with you. I'm going to take Russell Wilson for this because I've been saying, I said last year, I think um, for a, a period of time that Colin Kaepernick isn't quite the finished product. And, I, and there's something about him that I'm not quite sure I fully buy into. The way he I wears his hat. It's not that. Dave. Okay, good. I think Colin Kaepernick could, his, his ceiling is higher than Russell Wilson's, in my mind at least. But for now, Russell Wilson's the quarterback I'd take. Right, well, he does have a ring on his finger, he does. of course. I, c- I could not agree more with that. Uh, and I, I'm, I don't want to uh, step inside your brain, but I'm wondering if what you perceive is what I perceive, that there's something about Kaepernick's personality that doesn't give you the idea that he's like Tom Brady, where it's like, we're going to lose over my dead body. I think it's partly that, you're right, and I think the other part of it is I don't see when things are going bad – I don't see Colin Kaepernick being the type of leader as a quarterback that players gravitate towards, whereas Russell Wilson has that in spades and black ties sitting there nodding and talking, thinking I about think, body language. And I hear like what that. you guys are saying, but I think a lot of young guys grow into that sort sure. of intensity. But, but whereas it's that innate. Start. Yeah, Russell Wilson, that competitive right. spirit is innate to him. He has the huge arm. Kaepernick has a huge arm. Really, if I had to think about it, as much as I uh, – I mean, Kaepernick can drill some throws. I mean, he can throw 40, 50 yards on a line. Right. Only Aaron Rodgers can really sling it uh, in the way Kaepernick can. But he does have a funky delivery. It a does take a him wind a, up. Yeah. yeah, it takes him a while to unload it, whereas Russell Wilson probably has the better functional the thing arm. Is, if you wanted – I mean, I think if I was pushed on it and you said you've got one play and you've got one of these two guys to, to – 
score your, your, your balls on the 20 and you've got one of these two guys to make the play to win the game, I might take Kaepernick in that case. But if you're saying, like, I want a team, you know, a guy to lead a team, then, then Russell Wilson's my pick. I don't want to go too far off the path, but, you, you know, you mentioned Carson Palmer and Sam Bradford. I think it's an interesting debate. Who would you rather have if you were the Cardinals and you have this great team or not great, but a very good mm-hmm. roster? Do you want Carson Palmer or do you want Sam Bradford mm. at quarterback? For the junior no. varsity team. Yeah, I'm just, yeah I, much, I think yeah. it's an interesting debate. It is a good way. debate. It's a good I mean, I think hmm. Sam Bradford has, has again has a little more upside. But what have you seen from Sam Bradford so far that makes you think I'd take him over Carson Palmer? Who has we've seen it from moments, Palmer before, but, right? You know, by while. the way, Bradford only got drafted in 2010. It, that feels like uh, 100 years it, ago it that does. Sam Bradford yeah. was this can't-miss guy who had a cannon and he moved, he had functional mobility and all that kind of stuff. Oh, this guy, is he's super smart and everything else. And you know I mean, and, and by the way, then has a good rookie season, right. too. He had a good mm-hmm. rookie season. The, and then and, and just, uh, you know, pretty much a zero from here on right. out. And he doesn't have the excuse that Blaine Gabbert, who is a guy who was, you know, one year later was a, a – a you know, top pick, and, and, and people were pretty excited about it. He doesn't have the excuse that he was on a bad team and lost confidence because of that. Because we talk about the Rams now, they're probably a top eight team in, in the NFC as well, potentially. Well, let's see Sam Bradford with some weapons, which I think he will have now, really, this yeah. year. I think that team's going to be good. I mean, that whole, I mean, you know, the whole division, like I said on the last podcast, the NFC North is the rising power. I think the Bears or Packers are going to the Super Bowl out of this conference. Um, and I think the Lions have a chance to be great. And by the way, the specifically, the more I think about this, Ziggy Ansa, eight sacks in just 12 games last year. And this guy was considered a project. He was a huge riser over a matter of months a year ago. So if he does continue to rise in this way, if he continues to get better, then that makes Indomitian Sue that much better and Nick Fairley that much better, that defense, at least halfway decent. And the offense should be just about unstoppable. Then the Vikings could be interesting too. But anyway, we're not talking about that division right now. We're talking about this one. I'll go with Kaepernick because he. I know Russell Wilson can run, and I I know that he keeps plays alive, a la Tarkenton and Roethlisberger and Romo. But Kaepernick, I mean, that, that it's just lethal. There are some games that you think of, and it's not a game in October against the Texans either. I'm talking about playoff games, game, mm-hmm. fourth quarter moments, oh, where Packers, he's burning the you with the legs. It's, it's, it's so it's, – you've got to destroy your psyche as a defense when that happens to you. We, we took care of everything. We took it all away, and he still just ran for 15 or 20 yards. It's got to be crushing. I think Kaepernick – the other thing that's tough to really do is – Russell Wilson ha- is sort of like Cam Newton to me in that neither one of those guys has really has very has had very many great pass catchers in their in their time in the NFL, whereas Kaepernick has had uh, you know Bolden and uh, you know Michael Crabtree and Vernon Davis, so that's a little tough. And uh, in terms of offensive talent around him, yes, Russell Wilson has a great offensive line. So does Kaepernick. Wilson now the running game of the Niners is good was already good with Gore, but now they're just gonna. I mean, if you imagine if Marcus Lattimore actually does get right and is anything close to what he was in yeah. the SEC, and Carlos Hyde, you know that. I mean, that that's a. And then they have seventy-eight different pass catchers now too. That offense, like I keep saying, this is my big thing of my one of my big predictions for twenty fourteen. That Niners offense is going to be a top two or three offense in the NFL. Just unstoppable. I don't know what's what what isn't fantastic about it. And on the line, tight end, pass catchers, 
Well, I have a couple thoughts about what you said on the last one right there. I mean, I think the 49ers could threaten to rush for 3,000 yards, which is a very tough thing to do. Teams in the late 70s did it. Uh, I don't know that their offense is going to finish in the top five because there's no reason for them to because they can run the football, which, of course, will burn the clock. Which because means the defense isn't going to be as good, so they'll be in more shootouts than they're used to being. In. Okay, could be, could be. But on the subject of Kaepernick, and you're talking about the playoffs and making plays with his legs, I think he is everything – that 1988 to 1990 Eagles fans <laughs> wanted from Randall compares. Cunningham. Yep. Yeah. That's what they wanted. They wanted not that spectacular run against the a cruddy Patriots team in the third quarter, but against the Giants in the fourth quarter, you know, over and over and over again or in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, those Eagles teams, I mean, in 89, they got shut out. In 1990, they got demolished by the Redskins. They just didn't get those plays from Randall when it counted. Black tie, I'm not going to veto it because these two guys have said Russell Wilson. You agree? And that, that'll be enough to tilt it, tilt me fully into Russell Wilson's football. Totally. I mean, okay. Well, I mean, right. okay, fine. Well, go ahead. Make oh, no, no. Your, no I was just going to say. Black tie really have to make it. I mean, I think we've all heard To Hank's point, case. though, to Hank's point that, you know, Cap probably has a higher potential. But Russell has been probably the most steady young quarterback in the last two, three seasons, two seasons anyway. Including and, over Luck. Including double luck, yeah, he has there. been, and um, I just see also has I just the see, best defense out of. Well, Kaepernick has a great. Defense, I just see him so. continuing to grow in that role of you know slow, maybe not necessarily slow, but steady, and he's locked in. He's a guy who's going to all about the playbook, is always working, and definitely Russell. We can skip over tight end. It's got to be Vernon Davis. No one's going to make a valid thing. argument for anybody else. I don't think they're, they're probably Jared one Cook. of the most underrated players still in the league. Right I now. agree, and Good. I and just like you say, Terry Bradshaw, I throw up certain names all the time. Eric Dickerson. For one of the all-time great running backs, to me, a Hall of Famer and everything else, is underrated because when you make a list of who are the five best running backs of all time, you, Eric Dickerson's he name never doesn't show it. up. It's ridiculous. Same thing when people talk about who the best tight end is in the NFL. It's always Gronk or Jimmy Graham or now it's Julius Thomas. But they skip over Vernon Davis, who mm-hmm. is the best non-quarterback offensive performer of the last three years in the postseason. Each of those three Januaries for the 49ers, he has been their consistent weapon and, you know, getting in the end zone, big-time yep. plays, everything yeah. Because he doesn't have the regular season numbers, though, that those other guys have. But, those he comes but he's not a bum either, though. It's he's not, not, it's not as though he's, he vanishes. Agreed, People but he's not, the, he's not the he's not the uh, focal point of the offense like how Jimmy and a Grunk are. That's why he sort of gets left out. It's, that makes sense. All right, fair enough. By the way, we'll go with uh, Vernon Davis here. Wide receiver, a juicy position here. Doug Baldwin... I mean, Fitzgerald's on the list, right? Larry Fitzgerald's. We could go with our pal Curse. We could go with Austin. Mm. He hasn't done enough yet. Stevie Johnson knew of uh, of uh, yeah. the San Francisco 49ers. Bolden, Percy Harvin, who really could have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. Crabtree, Fitzgerald. I, I don't know that Larry Fitzgerald's the same player that he used to be, but right now – if it were me and I'm picking this team, I'm going Fitz and Crabtree. I think those are your two guys. We like to go three. I, we I, we I, use a slot I, guy as well. I think you so. take Fitz, Crabtree, and then you take Harvin as that as that slot guy. Yeah, the slot guy. Um, I think. But as a matter of fact, this came up on uh, Wednesday night's uh, Top 100 show. We, you know, after the show every Wednesday night after they count down the top two, we do the top ten of that week, we um, we do the reaction show. And I floated out there, I think that if the casual football fan, if you said, who has better career numbers, Larry Fitzgerald by season averages, it, Larry Fitzgerald or Brandon Marshall, I think everybody just assumes Fitzgerald. No way. You th- I, does I, not. I, I think it's Brandon Marshall. 
Well, don't, no way. I mean, I said the casual football fan. Oh, okay. And I think most people okay. perceive because he has a certain – I think if you made a list of who's the most famous, however you can sure. – whatever metrics you apply to see who's the, who's the most well-known and most well-liked, Larry Fitzgerald would certainly be top ten. People really dig him, whereas Brandon Marshall has the people – I think misunderstand him or what his sure. frame of mind is when he's when he's positively delightful as a human being. Please don't use fact. metrics because I'm sitting here next to Henry and and uh, you know Hank just let me know the other day that one of my articles didn't traffic hardly at all uh, with his metrics. So I'm a little I'm a little sore uh, about that. You say no, metrics it, about as well as you say Munoz. <laughs> Munoz metrics. Metrics. Don't talk to me about <laughs> metrics. Um, you know, as a coach, some, you've got to find a way to, to dangle the carrot under every, every right. player's nose. Yeah. So he, Dave, tough Dave, love. Dave is not someone – Dave's sensitive. If, if, you know, with Dave, a lot of stroking, a lot of you know, like hugging and, and looking after. That's right. With you, I know I gotta, sometimes I've got I to gotta beat you. I took bit. metrics for a while. I went to Muscle Milk sometime in the early 2000s. Okay. All right, That's a bad product, by the way. Don't do Muscle Milk. Okay. Don't, I've seen it. Milk. What is it? It's a pretty low-end protein shake. That's what it is. It's, and it doesn't work. It's a protein shake that's sold in like regular grocery stores. I like how Black Tie, Black Tie, Black Tie can Black Tie can attest it doesn't work because he right. sat on his couch and drank it for two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> I didn't Get use it at all. I used it I poured once. It on my milk for two weeks, and it was the worst workout one, ever. I didn't see one ounce of muscle grow out. Of <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Well, so anyway, so so you agree with me, Eh? Then so Brandon Marshall is the superior pass catcher in your book. Yeah, I think right now going forward, has he had a better overall career? That's tough to say. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald has not played with great quarterbacks. Ah, recently. and that's what Warren Sapp threw out, and I shot back with, "Hey, guess what? I don't know if you noticed. It's not always Jay Cutler who's been throwing the oh, ball to Brandon Marshall. I agree. Chad Henney and Kyle Orton and those guys. I agree, but his numbers were down." Uh, with he the was, Dolphins. Yeah, and that's why he and wasn't with the Dolphins. They, they, they were down. He had 100 balls with the Dolphins, the, didn't he? He did one season. The one thing about Brandon Marshall, and I think this even extends into last year, he has dropped passes more than any player in the league during the time that he's been in, in, in the NFL, and he drops them often in crucial times. And there were times in Miami, and just as a Dolphins fan, look, I, know I accept the quarterbacks he played with there were, were pretty awful substandard guys, but... He had a chance to catch a lot more touchdowns, a lot more, you know, important passes that that he that he didn't have. Um, and I think last year he had he led the NFL. I believe the numbers twenty two talking metrics twenty two drops more than any receiver in the national. He hung Cleo Lemon out to dry. He I'm just get on the Cleo Lemon was there at the time. <laughs> think about this though. So all right, so we'll go Fitzgerald. We'll go Harvin, who if he's healthy is obviously terrific, and then Michael Crabtree, and presumably he'll be healthier than he was last mm-hmm. year too. But again, Michael Crabtree, and now we're so we're going to leave Anquan Bolden off. Bolden, Crabtree, Stevie Johnson, the burner who they took, Quentin Patton. No, no, no. Uh, no, in the draft. Um, uh, hold on. I can't even think of I can't either. who he is. Oh, cookies and cream. Well, anyway, uh, they have so they have the speed guy now, oh, and then geez. they have Vernon Davis. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, what's gonna? Then they have Frank Gore and Carlos Hyde, maybe Marcus Lattimore and Colin Kaepernick's legs. He got and maybe the best offensive line in the NFL. Bruce Ellington. Right. Bruce, Bruce Ellington. Ellington. Certainly, uh, certainly the best offensive line in the division. Egad, what what is about that offense that's not going to dominate? It's going to be 
I say they're going to maybe they won't do as well as the Broncos did last year because Peyton Manning loves to, and he does. And uh, you know, this isn't a put down of him, but he is one of those guys who is aware of his numbers. He he's aware of his place in history and likes to ring up those numbers. I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to be incented in a game that they're up uh, seventeen points to say, yeah, let's just keep on rolling right. here. Yeah, they, la- I mean, they do lack an established burner though. I mean, Bolden's not that. Crabtree's not that. Vernon Davis at this point in his career can't do that from the tight end position. They do need a Deshaun Jackson-type player. Maybe this kid will be able to do it for them, but they have difficulty stretching the field. All right, so let's talk about running the football now. Marshawn Lynch, Frank Gore. We're not going to take any of those other less proven guys from the Niners. Well, apparently well, Christine Michaels the second coming. Well, I'll tell you what. You talk about underrated players. If we were, if we were building a team right now and, I said, and we're going forward, I'll take Zach Stacy. Because how many more hits is Marshawn Lynch going to be able to take? I mean, Marshawn Lynch is not 25 years old anymore. I love the hokum about uh, that he shows up at practice so he doesn't get fined or anything. But he had a a tender ankle. (laughs) The Super Bowl was six months ago. What what happened, man? What have you been doing? He's a great player. I mean, he's the best running back in the division. But, again, you look, uh, Frank Gore's taking a pounding. Right. And Marshawn Lynch is is getting close to that area. Zach Stacy was good last year. He he definitely was. But that's why I think the Seahawks have been smart in the way that they've drafted these young guys, Mm -hmm. Robert Turbin and and Christian Michael, who who they think. Both, I think, both of them, I think they think highly of. I almost think they might not. I mean, if 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 Marshawn Lynch really is resistant to you know playing ball a little bit to to compromising on a deal, I wouldn't be surprised. How how much can they invest when they do have, especially in Kristen Michael, well, a guy who gonna, they have high hopes high hopes for? How much are they going to invest in Marshawn Lynch? They're not going to give Marshawn Lynch any more money. He's 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 under contract, and he got a new deal. I think two years ago. Why would he, why would they pay? As him a more side money? note, I think the Seahawks are a very likable bunch. I like the philosophy mm-hmm. that Pete Carroll dictates, which is be yourself. I'm not going to tell you what to say or not to mm-hmm. say. Do what you want to do. Let's have fun. Let's laugh. All that kind of stuff. I got to say, I don't want to be up on Mount Pius. I think that's garbage that uh, Marshawn Lynch doesn't go to the Hall of Fame. I'm not. You know, I don't wave the red, white, and blue all the time the and White everything House. else. Yeah, what did I say? The Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. Same the thing. White House. Same kind I was of like, are we doing theater. Hall or nothing no. on Marshawn Lynch? No, oh, okay. no we're doing the White House. What, what, what's it? And it wasn't even really a political stand. It wasn't like, I don't know, you know, I thought it was wrong when uh, Matt Burke did it and said, well, political, I don't agree with Obama's politics. And Tim Thomas, the goalie of the Bruins, did the same thing. When was this even an option? When, right. when, when did you get to say, I'm not traveling with my team for a ceremony that honors us in the, in the most, you know, in the most powerful house in the land. I don't, I don't like that move. I, I agree. There's something about Marshawn Lynch not going. It makes you wonder, like, was he just sitting at home with one sock on, one sock off? I didn't feel Big like bowl it. of cereal with mm. the milk levels, like, higher than the cereal watching, like, Antiques Roadshow. Like, that's what you feel like. He but, eats skit, but he eats he, Skittles. It's darling. He, that thing, I mean, I'm a coward, oh, and I wouldn't say this if he was in that. the room, but that Marshawn Lynch tells us that he's all about not being, you know, I don't want a big deal, and that's what we heard about all the way through Super Bowl week mm-hmm. and all the way through Media Day. And, of course, in doing these things, he makes a bigger deal of himself than he does by just going along with the totally rest of the team. Totally agreed. And, and uh, I, I can't get behind that. Don't you see? It's what I say all the time, Handsome. This is the human condition. We all, especially over the last century or so in this society, have now taken on this this uh, assumption that we all are essential. We all, every human being now, or at least Americans. I, don't, I can't speak for other parts of the world where, pe- where it's more depressed and impoverished. In this country now, 
There is just an assumption that I'm entitled, to, you know, I'm important, and I need to be treated that way. And if you don't treat me that way, I'll do things to manipulate the situation. People always, and this is a classic case right. of that. I, well, what, watch, well, hey, watch this. I'm going to make it all about me by right. passive aggressively saying I don't want it to be about me. Right. Luckily, social media is here to help, so that'll go away. Oh no way! <laughs> and I think Ben Roethlisberger was one of the first guys that started doing that in like post game interviews and stuff, saying it's not about me, it's about the team. But he kept doing that to the point where you're like, yeah, it kind of is about you. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. EH is, uh, has uh, already read the end of the novel here. We know the offensive line. You say the 49ers. Yeah. But the Seahawks is very good, too. Yeah, they had, they had trouble with injuries last year. That's why Seattle's line struggled. That was the only weakness of the Seahawks last year was their offensive line. But when it's right, it's, it's dominant. It's, it's pretty good. So we'll go with the Niners, and now the Niners have some questions with contracts and injuries as well, but let's stay with the Niners for now. The whole way through this, we've said we've, we've not talked about a D-line. Yeah. I think with this division, and there were a couple other divisions as well. We, we started we've to, to get into it. We've got to start it. talking about who I agree. Are. I kind of agree. All right. Uh, that, that one to me is the it's easiest t- I mean, choice for me. But, uh, but sorry, but in the past, like an offensive line, we've said a defensive line is a team. I want to talk about the individual. Oh, okay. Because, are we going 4-3 or 3-4? Three, three, that's the question. Where's the richer four, four. talent pool? Well, if we went unit, to me, it's the Rams, hands down, mm-hmm. to me. But, you know, I mean, you start with Quinn on the outside. If you go position by position, what defensive – Well, Quinn's going to make uh, uh, all divi- – whether we say Rams or we say we'll do it okay. individually. Who, who would you take over Chris Long? I, I think Justin Smith – At this point in his career? In. No, no, I think, he's, I think he's on the downside okay. at the moment. Me, so, Bane. Uh, me, but he's inside. Good run stuffer. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. I'm building the line yeah. for us. Um, I, I think it's. I think it's both Rams on the edge. Right. So what about tackles, Darnell Dockett? I like Darnell Dockett. I like. We might have to go four Calais three. Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell. Well, the thing about those guys is a little. They're a little more established. You know, Brockers has a lot of upside, mm-hmm. but we don't really know how great a player he's going to be yet. Uh, that, that's a. That's a tough one. But I, I'm again, the Rams as a unit. I'll take I'll take Dockett if we play the three four. Put Dockett on the nose and play the two. I mean, here's what we'll do. Why don't we say Chris Long, mm-hmm, Robert yep. Quinn, mm-hmm. Brandon Meebane, and Justin Smith? Right? Yeah, you that, could, yeah. Wait, Justin that, Smith would play inside in yep. a four three. Yeah, but, and not Dockett. So we're going. What, do we want Dockett in there over one of those inside guys? Ooh, I think I'd take Dockett over Meebane. Dockett over Meebane. That's All tough. Right. Yeah, Boy, that's, that's a tough. tough. One. All right, let's do it that way. So, but now we're now we only get three running backs from a, a linebacker rich division here. Alec Ogletree, three, a, three linebackers. Three linebackers you mean. From yeah. What did I say? <laughs> Why can't I say any words? Because hey. it's because Elliot so brought. Cold in here. Elliot started out with this Munoz business, right. and I can't get right I got, after I got, that. I got a little, on the linebacker subject, I got a little trivia for you, Dave. Lay it out. Man. Outside of uh, Alden Smith. Okay, just take the 49ers out of it. The other three teams, what linebacker had 11 and a half sacks last year? What linebacker? Throw the Niners One out. Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. teams had, three, had 11 and a half sacks. Yeah, do you know this? I think I do. Bobby Wagner. No. Daryl Washington. No. John Abraham. Oh, he did. Oh, uh, that's right. I, that's, I was he just did. talking with somebody. I didn't know the number, but somebody said, did you see his sack total? So, yeah. Yeah. At one point, he was leading the league. About it's halfway through the season, he was. Um, all right, well, who do we want here, fellas? Yeah. Pat, Patrick Willis. We're taking Willis. Super Bowl MVP. 
Do we want the Super Bowl no, MVP no. in there? No, Dick no. Smith, unfortunately. Uh, Malcolm Smith, I mean, is not coming. Um, Navarro, Bowman, let's assume, because we're making a nice list here. It's not We don't need to involve ugly injuries. So we'll say Bo- Bowman is right. He certainly mm-hmm. would be okay. in there. Although, I, you know, I think it was interesting. Marshall Falk, to name drop, on the top 100 list, said that you could make a case that really Willis is the more consistent. He's the truly dominant linebacker of that Bowman of the la- over the yeah. last year or two has sort of emerged and mm-hmm. said like that was the sexy thing to say was like yeah Willis has gotten all the attention but Bowman's the real linchpin but that's because Willis Falk is occupied that. by yeah that's because Willis allows Bowman to make those plays that's exactly right that's Thank exactly you, right that, that Willis takes Willis a lot, will, but there was a decision made, and, and it's not a small one for professional athletes who have egos to make, which was Willis to concede you're in a hero position. I yeah, will. But I'm I, doing the ugly work that allows Bowman to shine. Right, but I think to freelance um, more. I, I agree that that professional athletes don't want to do that, but linebackers don't have the sta- especially middle linebackers don't have the stats attached to them. You know, so much that makes me say, wait, I want to get my numbers up. I don't really want you know the other guy to get those. So I think I think that's an easier decision for Patrick Willis to make than, say, a receiver. I was wondering where Lance Moore came into all this because you said freelance Moore, and I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Apparently, he's, to watch as, as a side note, apparently he's Republic. looking, He's he has been nothing less than the best offensive player in uh, Pittsburgh Steelers OTAs. That's the that's the buzz wow. out of the bird. Imagine if more. that guy's worth anything. I can't imagine Expert that he is. Thunder wide receiver. We didn't mention Bruce Irvin at all, but, you know, I think if you're if you're going to go Bowman and Willis, I, you know what? I'll take John Abraham. I I know that that he may plummet this year. You know he's going to hit the wall at some point. I mean, he's 35 years old. But how many teams would love to have a linebacker play 20 to 25 snaps and give him 11 and a half sacks right now? I'd say like 10. Yeah. I, oh no, maybe all. No, probably all. Probably like all that. of them. And <laughs> and how many teams are really dying to have a run stuffing linebacker? Maybe 10 to 15, mm-hmm. but everybody wants something that So no Daryl Washington. Him. Again, we're well, assuming well, we're, not, I, I yeah. know I just said well if we're allowing no. Bowman to play then we can uh, Okay, him. well then then Washington because I think Washington's as good as any linebacker in the league when he's right. Bowman or do we want Washington over Willis? And we don't want Alden Smith. Alden Smith is also in play. That's a good point. You know, I mean, it's hard with the off-the-field stuff. You know, yeah, it's tough. But, but, but I mean, if look, you're going to take Daryl Washington. Washington, yeah, no, 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 I agree. No love for Bobby Wagner, who, who's, who's nah. knee got blown out last time we saw him. I, I take Alden Smith. Okay, so we go Willis in the middle, and we go Alden Smith on the edge, and. Wow, with Daryl Washington, where you're going to push him outside. I guess outside? we'll just play Bowman outside. Don't forget, Ahmad Brooks, pretty, pretty good player. Mm-hmm. We have to make a hard and fast decision. We Ellie do. And I defer well, to you. we're playing. All right. Well, we're playing a four-three. You, you have four linebackers. Yeah, we're, we're playing a four-three. So would let's I, take four. Let's go four, guys. We'll go we're building four. a roster all here, right. guys. Yeah. Then I go Bowman, Willis, Washington, and Alden Smith. All right. Done we'll and done. To, we'll See, make a decision later to who we're going to cut from that, uh, either the front line or the linebacking core. Docket. Cornerbacks. Docket is gone. Okay. Docket, Docket, Docket is gone. Is gone. All right. right. Terrific. That was an executive decision. You can be the decision. one that tells Amelia. Yeah. At cornerback, kind of a weird how about guy. this showdown? Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson, the tardy Antonio Cromartie. <laughs> well, probably not even showing up, Antonio Cromartie. Right. Janoris, I, I think that ship I is sailed, Black Guy. We're almost maybe done with the show. Maybe it's tea time for the kids. Uh, uh, 
Janoris Jenkins. Eric Wright is playing Dig Dug at home right now. <laughs> He's a Dig Dug fan? I don't know. I'm what was your favorite it. 80s video game? It's so funny you mentioned that because there's, there is an <laughs> Why old, didn't you bring it up out of the blue? You just mentioned point. Dig Dug. <laughs> there's an old school 80s arcade here in L.A., and I uh, I went and stopped by just to check it out, and it was pretty cool. I, I'm, I was a centipede guy. And I love centipede's the, good. I love the cockpit. Remember, you had three options. You had the stand-up video game. Mm-hmm. You had the tabletop, which like Miss Pac-Man mm-hmm. tabletop was at all the pizza parlors, right? right? Right. And then you had the cockpit games, which were like oh. Spy Hunter, Pole Position. There was one called Turbo. Is a like an right. indie car game. That yep. was my favorite. Yeah. Of all, I see your name, Dig Dug, which is great. Mm-hmm. Joust oh, is a yeah. forgotten Ooh. game where you would yep. ride the ostriches, oh, and then you had it. to bonk your ostrich. But it's hard. It was not easy. Well, yeah. no, of course not. And you had to bonk other ones. It was you jousted, obviously, right. as the name would suggest. Yes. But instead of horses, they were flying ostriches. Why ostriches? I don't know. No. I didn't I create ostriches the game. Ostriches don't even fly. It was created in a fevered uh, uh, well, frame was, of mind. I don't know. That was a big game on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Right. I loved it. Yeah. Also, there was Missile Command. It was great. Oh, I loved it. Too. I love shooting those things up in the like the the the, the plume. The, yeah, the yeah. plume of explosion would either capture the missile or it would not. Or no, it would. Uh, wait, what was flying down at you? No, you were shooting so missiles. Yeah, but they had like bombs. Oh, they were bombs down. dropping. And you, you were trying the, to shoot the bombs. Remember the, the sense of panic when you were trying to get the low angle to yeah. get the bomb right before it took out your. your I face. found that game very satisfying to look at. This, I talk a lot about soccer is beyond me because of the yeah, spatial cool element. Trajectory. I can't follow it. There was something about looking at it that I enjoyed the the lines of it. Black tie. Have you ever played a video game in the eighties? Me, like a lot of our listeners, have no idea what you're talking about. Right <laughs> is that true? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> In the 80s. Miss Pac-Man? You're not playing Pac-Man. Pac-Man, 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 Pac-Man what about, for sure. What, what about Centipede? Dick Dug was pretty have... good, too. You had the, the little midget guy who would pump up the little monsters under the earth and pump them up until they exploded. That was the game. Burger Time was good, too. That was a weird one. Burger Time, you had to <laughs> no, build. Oh, anyway. Yeah, that's Did you guys just... have Donkey Kong? Yeah, yeah Frogger. Yeah. Frogger? Yeah, Donkey Kong. Did you have a, did, any of the other games we just mentioned that you have in the U.K.? I mean, I, I didn't go to uh, arcades to oh, play games. Oh, okay. But I had a Donkey Kong, like, yeah. you know, a couple of the ones that fold out. Well, you we never could, went to – did, did they have arcades in the U.K.? I mean, so, like at the, at the beach. Oh, they did. Hank, I played Clue. I played some arcades in my day in Yeah, there used London. to be yeah. one right in the center of London. I mean, I've, I've probably been – Trocadero. You know, mm-hmm, the Trocadero. Yeah. Probably yeah. Handsome is our representative for the U.K. And invariably, when, when, when Handsome makes a point about for all of his homeland – I will invariably for the next week get uh, tweets <laughs> it's true. and emails and everything else. I don't know where Handsome comes up with this, but right. absolutely there are arcades. I grew up – I guarantee you I will get of ones course, about Joust and everything arcades. else. I'm saying I didn't go to arcades and play. Why? It was too nerdy for you? Yeah. Why cool. can't you watch the World Cup? It's weird that you're from England and you don't even watch your home. He's a lost cause. Hey, he's he's a lost cause. I don't find it interesting. You just, but but you don't even. I, even I, I don't know what I'm looking somewhere. at. I kind of watch. No, at least I watch the U.S. I tell you, I, here's the truth. I've been on paternity leave. A lot of people told me, "Wow, you timed that right," as if I had any. You know, I mean, I did obviously, but I didn't time it. <laughs> and and you know, and so I was like, "Oh, cool, I can sit down." I watched. I sat down. The opening game, Brazil against Croatia. Seven minutes in, I was like. Yeah, what else is on? It is. I will say there is some. It is sort of like for me. I, I had 
a similar experience in that you get really excited was really in early excited. September and whoever is a highly rated college football team, I can't wait for this. And, oh, that's a finally football's back. How spectacular. It's Florida State going up against Tennessee, Chattanooga. Who cares? I just want, I want to see yeah, some, want football. To some football. And it gets two minutes in and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this isn't going to be a good game. What's interesting about right. this? Preseason pro games have that yes. feeling too. Preseason, you get NFL in like, games, all right, pro football right. back. Oh, but uh, even with, even but they're even, not trying. But at least oh, yeah, in right. the preseason with a football team, I can't wait to see the Dolphins. I look forward to seeing that. But with the World Cup, England. Okay, I should care about this. This is on Saturday. The game, on the Saturday, the game was on. Again, seven minutes in, I was like. I want to know what the result is, and I want England to win. I don't, I'm not going to put that aside, but I don't need to watch for the next 90 minutes because I've got other things I could Are be Are you doing. rooting for America to beat Great Britain if it comes to it? Come on, America. No, because they're not going to play each other, and, and Great Britain is not what the team's called. It's called England. <laughs> Why isn't it called Great Britain? Because Scotland, Wales, Ireland have their own teams. Yep. Northern Ireland and the Republic of Great Ireland. Britain includes Scotland? <laughs> is that really true? Yeah, I feel like a, I feel like a, so, TD, I'm going to go Sherman, Patrick Peterson, <laughs> and in the you, slot, Ian. I'll go Honey Badger playing the slot. Ooh, I like Am that. I that ignorant that I don't know that? Yes. Can we do that? Great that Britain includes Scotland? Not, we can't do this. TD, are you right, good I didn't know that. I'm, I'm so Sherman, Peterson, Honey Badger in the slot, right? Yeah, but you know what? We need to do that because I actually think that we need to find a way to get Honey Badger on the field. Yes, Exactly, and I think that Sherman... Sherman and Peterson are your two corners. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, not Janoris Jenkins. He's been pretty good. I'd rather have Honey Badger. I'd rather have Honey Badger on the field. Yes, me too. He can do so many things for us. How's this team going to lose? You're I right. retract what I said earlier about the. We NFC don't need North to work out the rest of All right, how, how about, things are going to happen. Because we, in, in the end, what's going to happen is this team wins. Well, right. the NFC North with Aaron Rodgers at the trigger is going to be pretty good. When did when did Aaron the NFC Rogers North has Aaron Rodgers and those guys. three wide receivers that are pro- top top in the league? What, but how good was the? What, our, the only weakness with the North team was the at safety. So. Yes, their secondary Same was the West. was dicey. But that yeah. offense, I mean, A. Rod, Calvin, Brandon Marshall. No, you, you go. And who was our third receiver there? Black tie. Who did we go? We have Adrian Peterson carrying Jordan Nelson. We went Jordan Nelson ahead of uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Because of again, for anybody who A-Rod would get upset too. about that, it's because we're we're putting him in the slot and the connection that he has with Aaron Rodgers. But imagine that, Brandon Marshall. Calvin Johnson and Jordy Nelson, Adrian Peterson running the ball, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, under center. Can we get off the NFC North? I'm just telling you. that's okay. a t- that black. T- I mean, uh, Handsome just announced that the North – I mean, that the West would definitely win. So do you want – so do you want uh, Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor? Let's or, not break up that pair. Or do you want to put Eric Reed in there with Earl Thomas and have two guys that, that can really cover the field? Cam Chancellor's a little more of a lay-the-wood – player than a center field player. I think we need athletes because, again, this comes down to the NFC North. That's who's going to oppose them. We want some athletes out there. So I think we go Reed. Maybe with Patrick Willis on defense, maybe we don't need Cam Chancellor. That's a good point. That's a good point. And and also, Eric Reed, you know, is emboldened by his game of Jenga with Dave Damashek. So that's right. That's he defeated me in Jenga. A lot of memorabilia for that guy. Um, all right. And coach, let's decide on coach. Who do we want? This is a, also an interesting debate. Pete Carroll mm. has the pelt on the wall. Jeff Fisher, obviously, some memorable postseason runs himself. Bruce Arians, an interesting option. A case can be He's, made that. Over the last two seasons, no coach has done better work than Bruce Arians has done going from Indy totally agree with that. To, uh, to Arizona. 
And, of course, Jim Harbaugh. And you have Fisher. Did you say I Fisher? said Jim Fisher. Oh, okay. right. This is great. This is well, fantastic. Well, if we don't have to take their staffs. Uh, in other words, if we don't have to. Uh, well, I'm, I might appoint one of the guys who doesn't make it as a coordinator. For both sides, we of the kind ball. of have played that game. Yeah, we've kind well, of. Well, I was just going to say, I would love to have the 49ers staff, but I like the fact that Pete Carroll, his players, want to play for him. I, I think that's cool quality. And from your head coach, I think it's been pretty well proven out that you don't have to have an X's and O's guys as head coach. In the, in the case of the Packers and the Saints, where their head coach is a play caller, that's a little bit different deal. But in this case, why not take the 49ers staff and have Pete Carroll coach? I'm inclined to go with Bruce Arians here, though. Talk about a guy who players like to be around. He certainly seems beloved by the guys who he works with. I like Carroll as my head coach. I like Harbaugh as my offensive coordinator. And Bruce Arians as your quarterback coach? Yep. He'll be uh, he'll be working with uh, Colin Kaepernick. No, he'll be working with Russell Wilson, our starting quarterback. What's hung out with uh, Pete Carroll at the top of the Ritz a couple of years ago? So I'm going to go with Pete. Name dropper. What was that like, Black Tie? How's this? How's this not come up before? You hung out with him at the well, Ritz. Well, I was working, and he was there doing a press junket for the other guy's movie, which his buddy Will Ferrell was in. So it was like three, four years. They're ago. that friendly that he goes to the press junkets. Yeah. Really? Out, so yeah. what you what did you do when you guys hung out? Or you, is this a, I hung out with him. I was in the same room as him. Well, same no, we t- actually we took a picture. We were in the same room. Yeah, together. we did. And uh, that we, doesn't mean you really hanging out. Had him mic'd up. Had him do a couple of reads, and you know, the usual producer talent. Yes, yeah, so conversation. Not, like, like you and Dave. Not, not just friends, no, no, not, not buddies. Co-workers. You know. Kind of, yeah. I just figured no, so, out so, so very much like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. like my relationship. Yeah, producer talent. That's it. All right, yeah. so we'll go with um, so we, all right, we'll go with Pete Carroll. Listen, yeah. he, he's the reigning Super Bowl champion court, mm-hmm. uh, coach. So we got to go with him, I guess. Lastly, this is an easy one in my book. Uniform, handsome. I start with you. Well, those Seahawks uniforms that you know a couple of years ago we all kind of looked at and said, I don't know about that. Now, all of a sudden, they're looking awfully good. But that's because they've won a lot. I think the 49ers can't be beaten. Yeah, that's exactly – wow, that's my vote. Uh, I would go 49ers. I miss the Cardinals mm-hmm. unis the way they, so used, the way yeah, they so used to be true. in the 80s. And I tell you what, the Rams, I mean, I miss the just the standard yellow and, and blue. And if not they the, – uh, uh, let's go the, – if, if all three of the teams, not the 49ers, if the Seahawks, mm-hmm. the Cardinals – and the Rams would all go back to what they wore in the early to mid seventies. This would be the best uniform division. I'd be totally okay with that. The and, black and wait, shoes what? on the Seahawks and the the, the silver hats were yeah. great. The red, like you say, the the Cardinals, their home jerseys used to be they were red and they had no stripes on them. That right. they were yep. they had nothing on no, them except for a so number. Good. It was a great it looking guess. It was so but, good. But if they went back to their seventies and then the AFC West went back to their seventies uniforms, I, I still think Ooh, the AFC West. So if the Chargers it. could have the black numbers right. on the white hats oh, with right. the powder blue, so right. the Raiders are the Raiders, the, the Chiefs, Chiefs are the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the, the Chiefs, but they 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 embrace the red Ooh, even more than tough, they do now. Boy, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's a good the uniform showdown as well. Thank division you. v division. I'm going to have to think about that one. I, I really would have to be very particular about the Broncos, though, because I like the one when they wore back in the 60s. Yes. With the orange hat with the orange jersey. Yeah. Yes. A little slightly so goofy looking white, horse. white No, it was horse. like a D- Don Quixote kind of uh, looking ver- a man on a horse kind of thing. Oh, okay, that one. I like the one where the horse looks like floppy. Yeah, that's the one oh, I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay. that's the one I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, not the D with the no, horse jumping no. out of it. 
Black Tie is bored with this, so he wants us to wrap it <laughs> up, so we will do that. And, of course, we'll play this game because we haven't seen Levi Stadium yet. This game will, of course, be played not in a dome. It'll be played in Seattle Stadium, yes. arguably I, the I, finest in pro I football. I still wanted to hear uh, Hank's argument and yours over why Dan Marino is, is ranked too Oh, low. yes. So, uh, Elliot Harrison, NFL.com has a piece up there because it uh, we're wrapping up 80s week here at the network. And so you put a piece up about the best players of the of the decade, of course. NFL.com slash best 80s players if you want to read it. And uh-huh. you went with who at number one? I would uh, say, let me just tell you what yeah, I would go say. Go ahead. My number one would be Lawrence Taylor. Correct. I'll say you. That should be the, that's the correct answer. He would be my number one. Joe Montana would be my two. Yep. Dan Marino would be my three. Yep. And then I wouldn't be. I'd have to. I'd have to hear some arguments for other guys. I might say Eric Dickerson four. That's close to what I had. I All mean, right. I had Dickerson seven, uh, Rice six. The only reason I had Rice over Dickerson. The only reason is Dickerson was a distraction to his team with his contractual demands that he eventually had to trade him. Uh, it was also it, distracting it, that he made them play uh, playoff games, too, that they otherwise stat. wouldn't have played in if it weren't for yeah, his, uh, his the, existence. An interesting call. stat on Dickerson. He, of all the running backs in the 80s, had more yards rushing than any other running back in the 80s. You've know, you got Walter Payton yeah. and, and a bunch of other good good runners at that time. And then you consider how many years he was actually in his prime, even in the 80s. It was He had such a short kind of burst of being... Eric Dickerson that made him as good as we think of him as. Um, it's pretty amazing that he. Led it's them, true, led them and you know the Colts, that. the whole departure from LA and going to the Colts, and then things sort of right. fell apart going forward after that. But I still, you know, the thing that you forget about is because that was like Elliot says, it was such a mess the way he left LA, and it was a big, big deal. Yes. It was a big melodrama, yep. and when he landed in Indy. But what it forgets is is that when he got to Indy, he was good for a while. He was good, but the Rams went and got Greg Bell, who granted wasn't the same player, but they went to the playoffs in 88 and 89. Mm-hmm. They went to the NFC Championship game. Charles White. Uh, look, they yeah, but they had Jim Green. Everett at that they point. They had a quarterback that, by we're, then. But we're, we're nitpicking here uh, because yeah. the players in front of Eric Dickerson, I had Rice at six. I had Munoz <laughs> at five. Uh, <laughs> Munoz. Uh, eight times he was first team All Pro in the in the decade. The first year he missed was because it was his rookie year, and the other year he was only second team. Uh, four was Marino, three was Ronnie Lott, which I know you didn't like. Uh, it's not that I didn't like Ronnie Lott; I just didn't think he belonged ahead of Marino. Well, uh, let me let me let me explain that one. I will say one of the things about Dickerson before we get off of that. I I said this, and I still think this. He had the best two year debut in the history of the league, irrespective of position. I mean, to have 1808 his rookie year and 2105 his second year, no player in the history of the league has ever had that kind of debut. I don't care who it is. Uh, Dan Marino's very close, but Marino didn't start yeah, from I'm, day one. Eric Dickerson, what ails him is, is our perception is watching him, even if you go watch him make plays. He had such an upper – he ran like if you remember 200-meter runner Michael Johnson for the U.S. Sure. who won gold medals. That's how he ran, almost like he would – puff his chest out and run in such an upright. It looked like he was gliding. I've talked with Eric Dickerson about this, in fact, and genuflected. Well, it is as though I was trying to curry favor with him, but I I, I said, you know, because and I talked to Jerry Rice, too. Here's another name drop. They both had that knack of yeah. never diving. They In a sport that you always wind up on the ground unless you're in the end zone, 
it seemed like neither one of them ever got dirty. They just they never had to lay out to make a play. Yeah. They never Jerry Rice never dove to catch a football. It seems like Eric Dickerson never had to had to bow, had to mm-hmm. had to bowl someone over to get that extra inch. It just seemed to come too easy for them. James Lofton was another, yeah, that's another guy that was kind of Mario Lemieux for a hockey which, one. Yeah, which by the way Lofton did make the list, but uh one thing about Ronnie Lott versus Dan Marino and this is why I picked Ronnie Lott because uh, Ronnie Lott, his first four years in the league, he plays corner. He makes the Pro Bowl or All-Pro every year, okay? His first year in the league, he's a starter from day one. He's an All-Pro, and they win the Super Bowl, okay? 1985, they made him switch positions in the middle of the year, so he didn't make the Pro Bowl. From 86 to 89, he went back to being an uh, All-Pro player at safety. How many guys can start their career as a rookie and be an All-Pro performer at corner then have their position switched in their prime and be an all-pro performer at another position. Is that harder than what Marino did coming in you know, midway through his rookie season, well, then you know, blowing the doors off for the whatever it was, nine, ten games he played that year, and then the next year having the best season I ever by a totally understand. Look, I've always said I think Dan Marino's 84 season is the best offensive season ever. Easily. Period. But if there was any lull in Marino's career, I would say it was 88, 89 Hank, around yeah. that area, no, if he had any kind of sl- – which a slump for him was, was like, great for Danny when White. When does he yeah. hurt the you know? Achilles? 88? No, 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 93. No, 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 93. 93. Oh, really? Yeah, he was, he remember but he was, was great in 94 when he came he back. Was, Whoa, it was – that's so – Much I, deeper in his career than, than you remember. Obviously, I didn't recall. Was that far in his mm-hmm. career before that happened? Though? Yeah, I think 88, the Dolphins went 5-11. and 11. Went, no, Is that right? 6-10. and 10, And then 89 – But that was more a product. That wasn't a product of Marina. That was a product of Shuler. And, you know, Shuler should be sainted and knighted and everything else. But he – towards the – end of his tenure as a head coach when he'd been given the controls of the draft and everything else he did an, a horrible job of picking players for that team and it was he drafted poorly he didn't outfit Marino with with any real offensive weapons for a long time he you know struck gold on Mark mm-hmm. Clayton Mark Duper and then was never really able to find another receiver at least through the draft he, 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 he got him some decent linemen that's about the only place they hit yeah. in that era but yeah. uh, that's why I had Marino lower just because his it you know look this is the best player of the 80s and Ronnie Lott's career, 81 to 89, is sick. I mean, it's it's as good as any. I agree. By know? the way, Carnell Lake did something even probably more difficult. He went from safety and being a pro bowler yes. that, and went to corner to yeah. fill, and they go to the Super Bowl. You talk about an underrated or forgotten player. I mean, I, I love Rod Woodson, our colleague. Rod Woodson deserves every bit of credit he ever gets, but my gosh, Carnell Lake was a really, really good football That's player. That's a crazy thing to jump up from safety to sure. To, the top corner on the team. Um, all right, we'll wrap it up with all that. Uh, next week we will begin then. We'll uh, seem to address. We'll, we'll see if we can address this. Black tie. we got to figure out how we should do it. Should we do it with Madden? Should we do it by a fan vote, handsome Hank? How about we just say right now that the NFC West wins? That's the top two seeds, the West and the the North, for sure, I think, are the top two seeds. Let's ask Madden. Let's see if we can – I mean, Black Tie, you've got How can you put the NFC North's defense up against the NFC West? Yeah, that's the problem. Because the NFC's North – the the North's defense is terrific. Oh, no way. Not like this. The the front seven is pretty legit. The secondary is a bit Yeah, NFC North secondary – you're stuck. I mean, it's it's interesting. It is like the strength versus strength and then weakness versus weakness. Like our receivers, they're good, but they're not outstanding. It sounds like the NFC North's receivers are outstanding, but they're going Callen up against... Callen Johnson and Brandon Marshall, who are maybe the two best in the NFL, right, as it happens. But they're going up against the very Sherman best secondary I, ever would have set foot on the I agree with Hank. The discrepancy between the offenses is a little bit. The discrepancy between the defenses is a gulf. Right. 
to I mean, it's particularly the, the the secondary. Well, we won't know until we play the games. That's well, why we do it. That's Black why Day, we play get, on on Madden. You can probably put this put the. I mean, forget you don't have to call it yet. You could just do it on the, my own. The, um, no, I'm more into FIFA right now. I'm total, all World Cup mode. Okay. Last Madden. name drop. Doing your job though. Last name drop. I have to go uh, do some TV with uh, with the aforementioned uh, Rod Woodson right now. I'll take leave of all of you. I'm gonna go. Oh, and Can we Warren come Sapp. with you in your in your no. belly? No. <laughs> Wow. Right, well, that's going to look odd on TV. I'm going to go Elliot play Dig Dug. Uh, what well, we do have to do, though, Black Tie, we didn't do it, and, I, and I, we don't have time to do it we right got now. Two but we seconds, have, yeah. All right, we have to get back, though. I want to hear from you about okay. why it's not a – real quick, just tell me yeah. real quick. Why do you imagine that if LeBron went to Cleveland and Kyrie Irving is now getting, gets a max deal, then you have all those other guys on their rookie deals who are fine role players, Tristan Thompson and so on. And then you draft, whether it's Embiid, who now there's health issues, whatever, we'll see with that, or Parker or Wiggins. That is a more stacked team and athletic team than what anything the, the Heat can do. If they get Carmelo, you don't know that Carmelo is going to fit in. It's interesting because LeBron does not need to, to hold the ball the way a lot of uh, superstar guys do. Carmelo does, and the ball could just stop with him in that in that offense. Simply put, well, you're overstating who Kyrie Irving is. Great talent, but always hurt. Hasn't really done much yet in his career. Um, other than Kyrie Irving, that current Cleveland roster is void of talent. Well, not talent. Void but they of are going to draft talent. somebody. Deion Waiters, you, uh, that was, he was in your tweet, and that's a complete joke. I don't know if you've ever seen Deion Waiters play. That that's a How draft dare pick. you that's have a draft seen pick. him play? That's a draft pick they should never should never should have made. They should have gone with Harrison Barnes and paired up uh, Kyrie Irving with him. But either way, I just think at the point of LeBron's Also, career, they would have enough money. They would be able to swing a deal. They well, could get Gasol well, if they wanted just, to. No, that's now you're just adding in random, you know, I'm reckless just, speculation. I'm sa- no, that's <laughs> right, but, I'm, uh, but, but I am giving you realistic names that they could get. No, Marco Gasol is not – I don't think he wants – Pau Gasol. I'm not talking Pau, Marcus. Oh, either way. But I just think at the point of LeBron's career, he's all about competing for a title. And, yes, asset-wise, Cleveland, Cleveland probably has more assets. But if you're competing for a title, you stick with Miami over the Cleveland Cavaliers because they're a lot closer to winning that title than the I Cavs mean, are. I just um, – if you watch Dwayne Wade play the last couple of weeks, well, agreed. he's I mean, getting yeah, further he's away from over. being But they a can retool. I'm not saying as is. They're probably going to add a few pieces here and there. Oh, and now who's speculating recklessly? Well, no, I mean, it's not speculation to think that – Front office in the off season is going to retool and try to get that rubber match against. The oh, Spurs. I see. So the Heat are allowed to, but I'm not allowed to have the the Cavaliers uh, front office fix things. Well, either way, they don't even have a front office right now. Okay, true. I All trust right, Pat Riley. I don't trust. All right, Riley. I'd like to talk Cavs. more, but it's time to uh, to uh, go and um, get uh, makeup on my face. More. <laughs> Potential and. World Cup podcast coming. Oh yeah, week. we got to figure that out. I'd what? like to do one after the. We want to do another. You don't want to do another World Cup podcast? Answer. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to it if I'm not watching the World Cup. I'm not listening to you. There's oh, nothing it was about delightful. It. Me and Black Tie and the Gold Standard had a great one. time. Yeah, I listened to the original. Um, all right. Well, listen. Eh, thank you for coming in here. Don't you put bet. your head down like you're so put out. Like I might go into something else for another five or ten minutes. What you know what? Tom now Hanks, I may. What did Tom I may Hanks blow right past total after access he, after you drink to... too many Dr. Peppers. Remember that? No. All right. I might just sit here for the next hour, play. just out of spite, and lock the door, Black. By guy. the way, no Cromartie one's allowed to leave. Is on total access, so you can't talk to you can talk to him on there. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll talk. Let to him know him. he stood us up. I have some. You know, I have some choice words for Mr. Antonio Cromartie. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's uh, 
call it a day, shall we, fellas? Please. EH again, that column, NFL.com slash best um, player of the 80s. Best 80s players. Best 80s players. You can look that up and send him a note and make it nasty. Tell him he's wrong because Lawrence Taylor should be number one. He, that was what I was going to say, it's by the tough, way. Man. As great as Joe Montana is, 4-0 in the post in the, in the Super Bowls, but LT is the best defensive player of all time. It was tough. That's all I'm going to say. It was right. tough. Okay, handsome. Thanks for coming in. A pleasure to see you. Best to uh, to everybody on the uh, on the growing home front. There, black tie. No thanks to Antonio Cromarty. We'll be back with uh, more who in applesauce on the other side of the weekend. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all new, all hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.